Well, it's good to be here this morning. It's good to see all these faces. In the summertime, you never know who's going to show up and who's camping and who's, who's out, who's going to weddings all over the United States. So it's great to see you guys here and being a part. This morning, my sermon is called, We Are Called. I started thinking about my two oldest went to Kansas this week. And I just started thinking about what I was doing at that age and going, you know, what, what was holding me back? What was keeping me where I was? What was actually pushing me forward? What all those different things, because to let your 20 year old and your 18 year old drive to Kansas 14 hours away, it's not, it wasn't as hard for me as it was mom. (laughs) I'll be honest. But I looked at it and went, man, it's just such a great situation for them to grow up. Some of us still need to grow up. I I, I read something this week. It says age is something you can't stop, but immaturity is something you can. (laughs) I choose not to. I choose to stay immature and like a 13-year-old, and I'm okay with that. It was great because it showed like... um, a husband and wife in their 90s on this like go-kart driving really fast, you know. And I'm like, man, that sounds awesome. Hopefully I can still talk Amber into that kind of stuff when we hit 90, right? We are called. How many of us know that God has called you specifically? Well, that wasn't very many. Yeah. Raise your ham, hands, not hams, hands, if you feel like you are called by God. That's awesome. Because I start thinking about growing up, we heard, you're called. You're called. You have a destiny. Chris and I, as soon as you say that, it brings up a song, right? A friend of ours in Oklahoma wrote a song I have a destiny I know I shall fulfill. I have a destiny to reach that city on a hill. I have a destiny, not an empty wish, for I know that I was born for such a time as this. I remember the children's camp, not even a youth camp. This was a children's camp. I was (coughs) 10 years old. My dad took, I don't know why he did this. I do know now because he knew we were called. He knew we had a destiny. And it's not that I, at that moment that I knew that I was going to be one of the pastors of the church. No, I just knew I had a calling. I had a destiny to further the kingdom of God. Whether it's working at Pinecone, whether it's working at Walmart, you are called to be there. You are called to change lives right where you are. How many of us have been feeling anxious? I know I do. Things happen, all of a sudden a new bill shows up and you go, well, how am I going to pay that? (laughs) When the voice goes up, it means it's serious, okay? How many of us are feeling depressed? How many of us are questioning what what our lives even are? I got to get on my notes. I'm still on the joke notes. How many of us just feel stuck? 
you know, I, I know I go to church. I read the word. I go to men's group or I go to women's group. But yet I just feel like I'm stuck. Lots of times it's because we really don't believe that we are called. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to Jude. Jude's one of my favorite books because it's really, really short. It's one chapter. Okay. I'm not much of a reader. I love audiobooks. Okay. So if you go, hey, Jesse, I think that there's a great book that I would love for you to read. Find it in an audiobook form and then give it to me, okay? Because my lawnmower time gives me about an hour and a half to listen to something, okay? So, this letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I am writing to all who have been called by God, the Father, who's lo- who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Everybody in this room can use more mercy, peace, and love. But that is, that happens when we realize that we are now called. In that scripture, it says, all who have been called by God, the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe. I started thinking about it in high school. There was a lot of things that I did But there was a lot of things I would not be willing to do because I knew I had a calling on my life. If you talk to an Olympic athlete, they know that they're called called to do something. They're pushing towards it. Chances are you're you're not going to be able to talk them into a lot of stupid stuff. Why? They're setting themselves apart. We are called as Christians to be set apart from the world. We are called by God. I better stick with my notes. Otherwise, as Chris said, we could be here for a while. Point number one this morning, I am called. In Ephesians 1.11, furthermore, because you are united with Christ, I have received an inheritance from God for he has chosen us in advance. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. He has chosen us in advance. That means he has called you even before you were born. He had a plan for you even before you were born. Ephesians 4. Therefore, 4, 1. Therefore, therefore I, a prisoner of the, for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of, of the calling, for you have been called by God. I beg you to lead a life worthy. Church, the people around us, our coworkers, our neighbors, they're watching us. They're watching and saying, are they really Christians? Are they really called? Hey, sometimes I fail that one. Okay, I'm not going to get up here and ever say I'm perfect. I'm just called to be up here, okay? And then that means I have to make decisions. Once you're called, you have to start now making decisions. Saying what? What? One more scripture. Um, Let's see where it went. 
We all, we all have a calling to be a light in the darkness, to reflect, to reflect the love of Jesus and to draw the lost, the hurting, and the dying to Jesus. That is what we're all called to do. Some of us are called to be missionaries. Some of us are called to be pastors. Some of us are called to be the managers of Walmart. Some of us are called to be the pumper of all the septic systems around town. Hey, we have a friend that, that did it. He still does it. He's like, I'm, the number, I'm number one in the number two business. He's like, I am the best turd herder around. But he knows he's called. That's just a job. But he knows he's called to share the love of Jesus. So his identity is not in the job. His identity is in who Jesus has called him to be. So many times we hold ourselves back because we go, man, I, I, I just don't know. What, what if, what, what? All the anxiousness. If you look at the world around us, there are a bunch of people that have no clue who they are. Whether they're male, whether they're female, whether they're mature, whether they're immature. What, there's so many things that are holding people back because they no, have no clue what they're called to do. No clue what they're called to do. If we understood we have a destiny that I know I shall fulfill. How is that? Because we have to understand that I am called. We have to understand who Jesus is, who our identity is in Christ. We have to remember that we are sons and daughters of Christ. Right? We are called sons and daughters. And we have to be willing to stand on principles. In college, I, I was able to play college basketball. I went in as probably the 18th to make the team out of 15. And to, all of a sudden practices towards, by the time coach started picking the team, the practices started getting much, much harder. He started making us run harder, do things. I mean, it was, it was getting pretty tough. Two days, morning. I mean, it was a lot. And all of a sudden, one guy dropped out. Another guy dropped out. And it came down to myself and another guy to make the team to be the 15th picked. And he picked me on my principles. Because he knew I was going to make the team better every day. He knew I wasn't going to sneak out on a trip and go drinking. He knew I, that it, this is what I wanted. I mean, I was working so hard. Every running drill, I was either first or second. Now, was I the most gifted athlete there? No, I wasn't. But I was willing to push myself to, to accomplish something. There's times where we have to stand on principle. I heard this story this week of a guy. He was, it was a Friday night. They're down at the diner and a couple of his buddies go, hey, why don't you jump in with us and we'll go, we'll just cruise around town. And as he's getting in the car, he sees that they all have alcohol. And he said, no, guys, I can't, I can't go with you. He's like, they called me names. They belittled me. 
But he's like, it's okay. I'm going to stand on the principles that I have. He said later, later that night, he's going home. And in the distance, he sees this big flame. Well, ultimately, those three guys were drag racing another car. They wrecked it. Two were critical condition and one of them was dead. And he had an option to either get in that car and be seen as cool or he could know that he has a calling on his life and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand up with the principles I have. And his life was spared because of that. He could have easily gotten in the car. And there was times in college where I could have easily said, you know what, I'm going to sneak out with the rest of the guys and go. But coach knew that wasn't, I wasn't going to do it. There's times in my life where I could have made much worse decisions and I go, you know what? I'm not going to do it because I'm called. I have a destiny. This is something that we as a church have to get right here in our hearts. This is as parents, we have to start realizing, we have to start speaking this over our kids. You are called. You have a destiny in the kingdom of God. There's something that only you can accomplish. I'm so thankful. Last night, I was my mom and I were talking about the sermon because she's not in here. She's in with the littles, the little kids. And she goes, we worked really, really hard to make sure that you knew you had a destiny and that you were called. My brother and sister and I are all serving the Lord. And in some facet or not, we've all been either, my sister taught at a private school. She was the principal. She's been a missionary in South America. She's done all kinds of amazing things. And now she's leading what is called treasure ministry, which works with the special needs in town just to share the love of Jesus with them. My brother's been a worship leader and a pastor all over the, in Texas here. He's led worship all over the world. God has a mighty calling on his life. And it's because my parents spoke into us and said, you have a destiny. And as a church, we've got to start speaking that over our friends. Tanya, you have a destiny. You are called. In the men's group, in the women's group, we've got to be at that point where we go, you are called of God. You might not see it right this minute, but guess what? We're going to help you start seeing it. That's what the church does. As parents, we've got to start speaking it. Point number two this morning. I am loved. When Jesus, here in Matthew 3, 16 and 17, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son, who I am well pleased. If Jesus needs affirmation from the father, we need affirmation from our earthly mothers and fathers. This is something that, man, I... I love telling my dad, I love you. I love hearing it from my dad, from my mom. 
I like hearing it from my brother and sister. I really like hearing it from my wife. I love it when the kids leave the room and they go, Dad, I love you. Never gets old. If Jesus, when he started his ministry, needed that affirmation from the Father, how much more do we need it? Not only from God to know that we're loved, but to know that we're loved from our family. And it's okay for me to say, you know what, Cindy, I love you. It's okay to say, Rob, I love you. I want to be a church that hugs and says, you know what, I love you. It's good to see you here this morning. Because we need to, that is so vital. If you know you're called, you also have to know that you're loved. And when you're loved, it's so much easier to step into the things that God has for you. Because if you make a mistake, you know they're not just going to rebuke you and you are, they're going to be like, hey, let's go get lunch and let's talk about this. And my dad would say, what can we learn from this? Growing up, I hated that. I'm like, so I try not to use that with my kids. I just tell them they're morons. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Third point this morning. I am kept or I am kept safe. The world we're living in right now has more spiritual battles than I think even four years ago. Our kids, when they go to school, not only do they have to battle the friends, the, the schoolwork, this and that, but there is a spiritual battle in our schools. Even if you go to a Christian school, there's still going to be some spiritual battles you're going to have to fight. And as parents, we have to know how to keep them safe and to pray over them and declare destiny, calling, to declare favor, to declare health. When I used to have to take all the kids into school, every morning we had a prayer that we would pray. I'm trying to think of it all of a sudden. But it had to do with that there would be favor Health, oh my goodness, now, now I'm, it's going to bother me all day long. But we prayed this prayer every day before they got out of the car. So that there was, a, there was something keeping them safe. They knew they were loved, they were called, and that they were safe. Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. If God is for us, who can stand against us? We have to remember this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling depressed, when we're feeling stuck, we have to understand that we are kept safe. There in, that, in Jude, that first scripture that I read, says, says, I am writing to all you that have been called of God by the Father, who is loved and who keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. And then the next verse. May mercy, peace, 
and love be multiplied in you. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied in you. We have the power of this Holy Spirit in us and around us to guide us through life. I know that in even growing up, to accomplish what I needed to accomplish or what God had for me, it was surrendering my life. It was realizing I was called, but it was also saying, Holy Spirit, have your way. Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit because he knew how hard it was. And Jesus did not even start his ministry until he was filled with the Spirit. In first Timothy in Second Timothy one seven. Did you get both versions in there? Awesome. Let's go with the For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's read the next one. For God will never give us the spirit of fear, but, a, but the Holy Spirit who gives us mighty power, love, and self control. The one says sound mind. This one is talking about more self-control. There's some of us, when you walk around in Durango now, and you look around and you go, there's some people that are not of sound mind, right? (laughs) And there's a lot of cities, when you're walking around, you're seeing the homeless, the hurting, the dying. They are not of sound mind. But who do we have that can give them sound mind? Jesus. And there's times in my life that I've done really well with self-control and other times I I haven't. Some of you guys have heard the story of the trampoline, right? Everybody loves the story of the trampoline. Do you guys want me to tell the story of the... Okay, okay. So, oh, this is probably 10 years ago. We had a backhoe that that my dad and I bought that the brakes didn't work well, the hydraulics were sloppy, but it was cheap and we... So I brought it to the house and I decided that I was going to dig a hole and bury the trampoline so when the kids, they could just walk right onto the trampoline. And so if they fell off, they weren't falling an extra three feet, right? And so I'm digging the hole, taking my time, making sure it looks good because, you know, my wife's watching. And you missed the spot. So I'm digging, making sure it's right. And I put the trampoline in it and I'm like, okay. So I pull the trampoline off, I dig a little bit more, and put the trampoline back, and I'm just push instead of hand shoveling, right? If you got a machine, why do you want to get out and use a shovel? So I move, I'm using the machine to do this, can't quite reach it with the bucket, so I pull up the downriggers, go to move it, and of course, no brakes. The downrigger goes right through the mat of the trampoline, ruins the trampoline. So here's all this work that I just did for nothing or buy a new trampoline. And so I calmly get off the machine, grab the shovel, and I start wailing what? on this trampoline. And I mean, and, and then I'm like, Bruh! and then I walk over to the edge of the hill and I throw the shovel. And right about then my dad is pulling in the driveway and I'm like, oh, hey dad, how's it going? <laughs> I did not have self-control. 
What's, what's great is I, 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 you, my wife was the only one that saw it <laughs> on earth anyway. Now I'm sure God's up there going, I should have just used the donkey. <laughs> Maybe it'd have been easier. Let me get back to where we are. So you have to use self-control. I'm just, just saying. And most of the time I'm of sound mind. Most of the time. <laughs> Parents, grandparents, friends, co-workers, teammates, neighbors. We have to teach it. We have to model it. And we have to speak it to those around us. A friend of mine, a friend of ours in Shawnee, Oklahoma, he's just started a series this week on God's calling on your life. As soon as he told me, told me that a couple weeks ago, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to start listening to this. Because we have a call on our life. We have a call to spread the gospel. To change the lives of those around us. But we have to teach it, we have to model it, and we have to be willing to speak it. You know, growing up in church, I was taught Bible verse after Bible verse. I was instilled the word of God. But what's great is it wasn't just head knowledge, but my parents were modeling it. They were walking it out every day that you could be a commercial photographer and still be called of God and still be changing the lives of those around you. My mom was a school teacher at the Christian school. She was not only teaching it, modeling it, but she was declaring it and speaking over every one of her students. It wasn't just a job. It was, she goes, I'm storing up treasures in heaven. She goes, because it's not for the money. There's lots of times you find yourself in a job because you're called to that job. You go, but God, I can make more money somewhere else. Are you trusting me or are you going to stand in that destiny that God has for you? Let's all stand. I want, I'm just going to ask you guys. So I want everyone to say, I am called. I am loved. I am am kept. So your job this week is to teach it, to model it, and to start speaking it. Because I'm looking at our schools. I'm looking at my my friend's kids. I'm looking at my kids, and I have not done that well enough. They do not understand their calling. The world says, you need to be this. You need to do this. You need to go to college. You need to do this. they're, They're pulled all which directions. And all of us are. Social media is a blessing, but it can also be a curse. If you don't understand that you are called and you have a destiny. Because all it will do is make you look at yourself and go, man, they got life so much better. Why? Why? What? Uh. Right? And then the anxiousness comes in. Then the depression comes in. And then we start right back over where the sermon started. 
But it's our job as the church to start teaching it, to start modeling it. And parents and grandparents, friends, start speaking it over your friends, your kids, your grandkids. They should know you are called. What does that mean? God has a plan for you. To prosper you, not to harm you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, I'm so thankful that you've called each and every one of us. That you have called each and every one of us. And there is a destiny that we must step into. There is a destiny that you have called us to that is full of life, full of peace, full of mercy, full of love. So Father, I ask that as we go this week, that we will teach it, model it, and we will speak it over each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I got one more thing for you guys. I, I, didn't, I didn't read the joke at the beginning, but if you want to stay, I'll read the joke now, okay? Let's hear it. Two blondes were flying from Miami to Cleveland. Fifteen minutes into the flight, the ca- captain announced, one of the engines has failed, and the flight will be an hour longer. But don't worry, there's three left. And and 30 minutes later, the captain announced, "Uh uh-oh, one more engine failed, so the flight will now be two hours longer, but we have two engines left. An hour later, the captain announced, one more engine has failed, and the flight will be three hours longer, but don't worry, we still have one engine left. One blonde looks at the other and said, if we lose one more engine, we're going to be up here all day long. You guys be blessed. Love you. We're going to be up here all day long, I guess.